Good morning, everyone. Happy Sunday. My name's Simon, and today's reading comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 34. Treasures in heaven. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Do not worry. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and then tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and the righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Thank you, Simon, for that reading. I noticed that he strategically placed his camera shot so that you could see his lovely Star Wars prints in the background. Just something I noticed there. And good morning, everyone. It's great to be speaking to you today. If we haven't met before, my name's Sophie, and I'm on the staff team here at St. Saviour's. And today we're continuing our Like Jesus series, exploring the theme, Trust Like Jesus. The passage that Simon read to us, this teaching of Jesus is part of the Sermon on the Mount, and it explores two themes. The first theme is treasure, and the second theme is worry. And today we're going to particularly focus on the second part of this passage, which is often headed in our Bibles, do not worry. And we're going to be exploring how we can choose trust over worry. So let me pray for us as we start. Father, we thank you that you are here by your Spirit, and we pray that you would speak to us now by the power of your Spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I am a warrior. When I leave the house, I worry about whether I've shut the front door. When I leave the car, I worry that I've forgotten to lock it. And I worry about worrying about those things. When I was exploring ordination, I worried that I wasn't clever enough or knowledgeable enough or good enough, whatever that means, to be a priest. 
When I joined this church a year ago, I worried about what you'd all think of your new curate. When I was in my first trimester of pregnancy, I worried about the potential risks that come in those first 12 weeks. And I continue to worry in lots of different ways about that. I worry all the time. I wonder what you worry about. Do you worry about what people think of you? Do you worry about the rising cost of living? Gas, electricity, petrol, food? Do you worry about what exam results you'll get in the summer? Do you worry about your career path? Do you worry about the rising number of COVID cases that we face again? Do you worry about your health or the health of someone that you care about? Do you worry about worrying? Well, the truth is that we all worry. In fact, the Office for National Statistics found that around one in three adults experience high levels of worry. And if we all worry, how do we reconcile that with this teaching of Jesus? Three times in the passage, we read, do not worry. J. John, who's an evangelist, a speaker, and an author, once said that he thought that this teaching, do not worry, was the hardest instruction in the Bible. When we read a passage like this, and we experience worry on a regular basis, it can easily lead us to feel shame. It can lead us to think that we're not strong enough in our faith or in our trust in Jesus, which is just not the case. Otherwise, maybe if we were stronger in our faith, we would not experience so much worry. But actually, it's unrealistic to imagine a time when we won't worry at all. Worry is a natural human emotion. And in fact, worry can actually be helpful. In his book, The Worry Book, Will Vanderhart, who's a church leader in London and a director of a charity called Mind and Soul, points out that worry performs some important and protective functions in the body. Worry acts as a physiological response to danger and to potential threats. So actually, we don't want to eradicate worry completely because worry provides a protective function. But when worry moves beyond this protective function, it can become unhelpful. Will describes this kind of worry as problem worry. And I believe that it's not all worry that Jesus is talking about in that passage, but problem worry. I believe that it's this kind of worry, problem worry, to which Jesus says, do not worry. In the Amplified Version of the Bible, the word worry in Matthew 6 is followed with brackets elaborating on this word. It describes worry in this passage as perpetual, uneasy, and distracted worry. This is problem worry. Jesus wants to protect us from problem worry. When he says, do not worry, it's not a command to make us feel shame, but it's an invitation to help us experience fullness of life. Will writes that what we're trying to do is to overcome problem worry, the sort that steals our freedom and our peace of mind. 
Problem worry is something that we all face from time to time, some more than others. But for some of us, this problem worry, this perpetual, uneasy, distracted worry, can turn into severe forms of worry, like generalized anxiety disorder. And I want to be clear that in this talk, we're focusing on the kind of worry that we all face, rather than those severe forms of worry. But it's really common to experience severe forms of worry. This is something that I've experienced in the past. And I just want to say that if you think that you might be experiencing that kind of worry, a severe form of worry, I want to encourage you to speak to your GP about it if you haven't already. So in terms of the kind of worry that we all face, Will talks about two types of worry, solvable worry and floating worry. And Will maps these two types of worry, solvable worry and floating worry, onto the last verse of the passage that Simon read to us, which says this. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Will describes the worries of today as solvable worries and the worries of tomorrow as problem worries. The worries of today, solvable worries, typically relate to a clearly understandable problem that has a solution. And when we do something about it, the worry tends to subside. And in and of itself, solvable worry isn't problem worry because it's a natural response and it can help prompt us to take action, to find a solution. But if we don't take action on a solvable worry, it can become perpetual, uneasy, and distracting. It can become a problem worry. An example of this could be finances. If you're worried about your finances and you take a plan of action by seeking professional help, the worry might subside over time. But if you don't take action, the worry can become crippling and overwhelming. If there's something that you're worried about that has a solution, I encourage you to take steps to find and create a plan of action. Because if you do that, you might find that the worry begins to subside. And if you're not sure what plan of action to take, why not chat to someone that you trust about it and get their thoughts? The worries of tomorrow, floating worries, are the kind of worry that can't be met with a solution because there's nothing that we can do about it. It was once said that worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. And that's true of floating worry. Floating worry is often orientated around problems that might never materialize. Winston Churchill once said this, when I look back on all these worries, I remember the story of the old man who said on his deathbed that he had a lot of troubles in his life, most of which never happened. Whether he knew it or not, Churchill was talking about floating worry the hypothetical what-ifs of tomorrow. Worries that may or may not materialize at some point in the future. The Dutch writer Corrie ten Boom is reported to have said that worry doesn't rid tomorrow of its sorrow, but it does rob 
today of its joy. Worry doesn't rid tomorrow of its sorrow, but it does rob today of its joy. Floating worry is problem worry. So how can we approach problem worry so that it doesn't rob today of its joy? How can we attempt to respond to this invitation of Jesus, do not worry, so that we can experience fullness of life? Well, there are a lot of practical steps and things that we can do. It might sound overly simplistic, but we can notice our worry. Sometimes simply noticing our worry can help. And when we notice our worry, we can identify what kind of worry it is. Is it a problem? Is it a solvable worry? Or is it a floating worry? And if it's a solvable worry, we can create a plan of action, and then we might find that the worry begins to subside. If it's a floating worry, we can remember that it's a worry of tomorrow, and it might never materialize. And perhaps we can remember other floating worries that we've had in the past that never actually happened. We'll never stop worrying completely, but we might find that some of our worry begins to subside as we do that. So those practical tips and steps are really helpful um, and important. But ultimately, I think that we find the answer in our passage. After telling his listeners not to worry about their life and their needs, Jesus says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And I want to remind us at this point that I believe that Jesus is talking specifically about problem worry in this passage, perpetual, uneasy, distracting worry. This kind of worry can be all-consuming, and it can become our focus. Jesus is saying, focus on me over your worry. Put your trust in me over your desire for security and certainty. He says that the pagans run after these things, but our Heavenly Father knows that we need them. To a first century audience, the idea of running would have been improper. It showed a lack of dignity. So Jesus is telling us not to run desperately after security and certainty, not to put our trust in security and certainty, but to put our trust in God who knows our needs. And in our passage that Simon read to us, Jesus affirms again and again that he cares for us and that he knows our needs. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? He says, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, will you not much more clothe you. He says, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. He says, all these things will be given to you as well. He assures us again and again and again throughout this passage that we can put our trust in God because he cares for us and he knows our needs. 
And as we begin to put our trust in God above our desire for security and certainty, we begin to choose trust over worry. And I recognize that this all sounds simple enough, but in reality, it's actually really difficult, isn't it? This isn't something that will happen overnight. It takes practice. I think that it's a little bit like a muscle. The more that we use it, the stronger it becomes. The more that we choose trust over worry, the more that we find that our problem worry begins to lose its power. And as we choose trust over worry, we begin to trust like Jesus, who didn't strive after security and certainty, but who enjoyed total trust in his relationship with the Father. If you're able, would you like to stand and let me, let me pray for us, and I'd love to invite the band to come back up. Let's just take a, mom, a moment to become aware of the presence of God. He is with us now by his spirit. He loves to minister to us, to meet us. And we thank you, Father, that you're here. And just in this moment, why don't you notice your worry? Is there a particular worry that is at the forefront today? Just take a moment to acknowledge that. What is it? Then take a moment to consider, is that a floating worry or is that a solvable worry? If it's a solvable worry, is there something that you can do that could help the worry to subside? If you're not sure what to do, is there somebody that you could talk to to just see what they think? And if it's a floating worry, acknowledge that. Acknowledge that. And maybe just call to mind a floating worry that you've had in the past that never happened. just to remember that it's a floating worry. It might not happen. And let's just take a moment now to choose, intentionally choose trust over worry. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Father, whatever worry we have, we just bring it to you now. And we choose, we make that choice to choose trust over worry. Help us.
to choose trust over worry. We pray for your help for these worries to lose their power. Help them not to steal the joy of today. Come, Lord Jesus, we pray that you would meet us afresh. Minister to us now. You know exactly who we are. You know exactly what thoughts we have. You know all our worries. You know what we're thinking in this moment. And you long to meet us and to minister to us. We welcome you. As we move into a time of worship, I encourage you to just keep, keep praying on that if that has particularly um, spoken to you today. And I will be over by the sofas if anybody would like to pray. Let's worship. <laughs> 